God loves us all and doesn't play favorites, so we need to start doing the same. And if we can manage to love more, then we'll experience God in our lives more because God is love. So let's stop trying to weasel out of it. Let's simply strive to live Jesus' command to love each other as he has loved us. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the sixth Sunday of Easter, cycle B of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired word of God. But to really be nourished by the word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the sixth Sunday of Easter. Um, Our first reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, and it's a little bit of a mixture here. It's chapter 10, verses 25 and 26. 34 and 35, and verses 44 through 48. Our second reading is from a letter written by the same community believed to have written the Gospel of John, and that's 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. And our Gospel reading is from John's Gospel. It's chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. Just a couple things to note. First, we only have readings from the New Testament, again, also known as the Christian Scripture. The reason we do this during the Easter season is because we're looking forward from the event of the resurrection and how it continues even today. So tonight, we'll see that Peter admits he was wrong, John talks about love, and Jesus tells us how to live. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading is from Acts of the Apostles. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized by water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. And our second reading is from the first letter of John. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world 
that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And our gospel reading is from the Gospel of John. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. All right, so let's take a first glance at these readings and we'll ask ourselves, well, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around a little bit? So from our first reading, taking a first glance at our reading from the Acts of the Apostles, uh, one thing we keep running into is the fact that you can't always understand the importance of certain passages in Scripture unless you understand the broader context a little bit. And we see that again this week. See, during these early days of the church, there was a bit of a disagreement between Peter and Paul. So Peter believed that anyone joining this new church, so anyone who professed to be a follower of Jesus Christ and wanted to be baptized, must also follow all of the Jewish laws. In other words, he was taking sort of a Jewish plus stance. He argued that you needed to accept the Jewish faith and the teachings, plus the teachings of Jesus. Now, Paul, on the other hand, argued that anyone could become a follower of Jesus and did not have to learn and follow all of the Jewish laws and customs. So when Peter says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right, it's actually a pretty big deal. Instead of standing his ground and potentially causing a serious division in the early church, Peter listened when the Lord came to him in a vision. So we didn't read about that tonight, but it happened earlier in, in this chapter, I believe. Um, in fact, when he makes this public statement, basically stating that he now agrees with Paul, the Holy Spirit reinforces the statement by touching everyone there, Jew and Gentile alike, and they all start speaking in tongues and praising God. And finally, at, at the end of the passage, we, we see the tie-in to the Easter season when Peter says, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Right? He's saying, 
you guys aren't going to be able to argue with this. I can't argue with this. And look, the Holy Spirit just proved it. When I look around at the church today, I, I think this passage and its meaning is something that lots of Catholics, especially certain members of the clergy, should really think about. You know, as I'm reading about some U.S. bishops considering barring certain politicians from receiving the Eucharist, boy, it sure seems like they're trying hard to stand in the way of God's people receiving sacraments. God has said all are welcome, and the Holy Spirit has reinforced that message, and yet too many Catholics focus a lot of time and energy on enforcing conditions for membership. But the main message I got from this reading from Acts is that God doesn't play favorites. As much as we might want to create and enforce human rules and requirements for membership in our exclusive Catholic club, God's ways are not our ways. We condemn and hold grudges. Well, God loves and forgives. We point fingers and lay blame and want to pick and choose. But God doesn't play favorites. So our second reading was from the first letter of St. John. And this reading is basically a love letter wrapped in a letter of encouragement. And once again, we see John using the plural pronouns, we, us, and our, uh, to be as inclusive as possible, which seems absolutely appropriate when he's talking about the love that comes from God. Now, I like that the very first line stands out as a clear challenge to all of us. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. It's how we demonstrate our love for the Father by loving all of God's children. Simple, <laughs> but not easy. But I would also argue that it's an absolutely critical challenge to us who are baptized because we're called to share the good news. We're called to make disciples of everyone. And the only way to do that is to love one another. And the reason I know that is because of the third sentence of this reading. It says, Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. So it's, it's kind of a dual challenge, I think. If, if we don't love others, then we don't truly know God. And if we only love certain people, if our love is limited, then our knowledge of God is limited. So the one side of the challenge is for us to try to love everyone. But I think there's another side of that challenge, and that's there are good people children of God, who are not loved, may not experience love, and have been hurt to the point where they have a hard time trusting and loving others. And many of those folks are some of the most vulnerable and marginalized people in our society, and they need to know God, which means they need to experience love. They need to be shown love. The fact that they lack love doesn't mean we can just write them off. We need to understand why, and we need to reach out to them in love. And we need to do it. We don't need to judge and condemn them. We don't need to tell them they can't be loved and supported members of the church because of who they are. We need to show them love because God sent his son to atone for their sins as well as ours. But the main message I got from this second reading is that God is love, 
Like that was pretty clear. And if we want to follow Jesus's commands and live out our baptismal call, then we need to spend a lot less time judging and a lot more time loving. Not only will it help build the kingdom on earth, it'll allow us to experience God in our lives even more because God is love. And finally, our gospel reading was from John's gospel. And this is yet another love letter, so we're kind of sticking to a theme this week. Whereas John's letter posed a challenge, though, the gospel is a flat-out command from Jesus. In fact, if you remember, he gave the command twice in slightly different ways. So in the beginning of the second paragraph, Jesus said, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And in the very last line that we read, he says, this is my command, love each other. So the first time is more complete, love each other as I have loved you. And then the second time is shorter, but sort of drives home the point. But to understand how Jesus loves us and how he loved the apostles at the time, we need to think about other parts of the story. In this short passage, Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Obviously, we know he's foreshadowing his own death. So it's easy to conclude that love each other as I have loved you means being willing to lay down your life for someone. But I don't think it's that simple. (laughs) Is that all Jesus did out of love for his disciples? Well, no, not at all. First of all, he he chose them to be his followers and build his church. A, a ragtag bunch of unqualified people, uh, you know, not the sharpest minds from the Jewish religious caste. He chose them in spite of all the reasons he, you wouldn't select this motley crew to try to spread the good news. And when they were confused or didn't understand, he patiently taught them. When they doubted, he reassured them. When they abandoned him, rejected him, denounced him, then hid together in fear for their lives, he came to them, forgave them, blessed them, and and sent his spirit to love and guide them. When Jesus says to love each other as I have loved you, he's talking about all of that. And I think that's a much more difficult challenge because, let's face it, most of us will never actually find ourselves in a situation where we'll need to lay down our life for someone else. But most of us run into situations every day where we need to teach someone, share knowledge, clear up confusion, be patient and kind, forgive others choose the unqualified and empower them to do great things, or simply reach out and welcome everyone. That's how we love each other the way Jesus loves us. So the main message I got from our gospel reading is that we must love each other. Jesus set the example in all that he did, especially in the way he interacted with his ragtag group of disciples. And his command to us is pretty clear. So we need need to stop trying to limit it 
Stop trying to qualify it or wrap conditions around it. Let's try simply embracing the fact that we must love each other. All right, so let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Acts, the main message I came away with was, God doesn't play favorites. In our second reading from the first letter of St. John, the main message I got was, God is love. And finally, the main message from our gospel was, we must love each other. God loves us all and doesn't play favorites, so we need to start doing the same. And if we can manage to love more, then we'll experience God in our lives more because God is love. So let, let's stop trying to weasel out of it. Let's simply strive to live Jesus's command to love each other as he has loved us. So let's take a step back and we'll take a second glance at these readings. Uh, to help with this, I'd like to ask two questions. So what and now what? Okay. So what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care because love seems to be in short supply these days. Everything has gotten so divisive, and unfortunately, it's easy for people to simply connect with others who think like them and then throw stones at everyone else. In too many ways, the internet hasn't brought us closer together. It's enabled us to go to extremes. And unfortunately, those extremes don't seem to involve much real love at all. You know, even within the church, the most angry and condemning voices seem to be the ones that get amplified. I'm sure there are lots of reasons for this, but one thing I'm concerned about is that it's happening because people are afraid. When people are afraid, they don't necessarily look for answers they look for certainty. Unfortunately, that sort of flies in the face of what we know about God, which is that we can never know the mind of God. God is beyond our total comprehension, so there will always be uncertainty, which is why we need faith. You know, in times of hardship, people often rely on faith. But in times of fear, I think people aren't satisfied with faith, so they look for certainty. And they find it in, often find it, in the most radically conservative voices. You know, we can't be certain about God, but we can create rules and be certain about them. The only thing that will cut through that fear and that craving for certainty is love. And the last question I try to answer then is now what? All right, what are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, trust me when I tell you that I understand how tempting it is to jump into the debate, especially online, and start pointing out the utterly illogical stupidity of all these yahoos claiming to have all the answers. The ones offering certainty wrapped in their self-righteous condemnation of everyone who doesn't agree with them. And arguing with them won't change their minds, but it does help amplify their negative messages. So with that in mind, here's your real challenge for the week. Just say something nice. It's, it's hard to love others, especially people with an arrogant, better-than-thou attitude. And yet, that's what we're called to do. But 
let's be realistic about it. Most of us aren't going to be able to do it overnight. We can't just flip a switch or turn on the internal love faucet and let it flow. So let's just start with baby steps, especially when it comes to someone with whom you vehemently disagree. Just say something nice and then let's see where it leads. Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from scripture. As we try to love each other the way Christ has loved us, let's remember what St. Paul wrote to the Ephesians. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. It's a simple command, but it is certainly not easy. If we start by saying something nice and trying to forgive each other, oh, it is definitely a start. All right, we've come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me this evening. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with Scripture on your own. Think about it. Pray about it. Open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, and 2011 by Biblica Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.